With relief negotiations, confirmation hearings, and an impeachment trial keeping Congress busy in D.C., today we're hearing from Indiana Senators Todd Young and Mike Braun for the first time since the insurrection on the Capitol. Plus, Congressman Andre Carson and former Indianapolis Mayor Greg Ballard. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana, this is In Focus with Dan Spieler. More doses of the coronavirus vaccine are headed to Indiana in the coming days with some encouraging numbers in recent weeks when it comes to the spread of COVID-19 in our state. Meantime, there's a lot happening in the nation's capital when it comes to the pandemic and several other big issues with an impeachment trial looming just weeks after the violent upraising on Capitol Hill and more executive orders from the new president with talks ongoing about another relief bill. We spoke about it all with Indiana Senator Todd Young. Can we truly come together as a nation right now after everything that's happened? You know, I think we can, and I certainly uh, believe in, 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 and hope we can, or I wouldn't have made the uh, statements I made in a column and the other public statements uh, that I've made. Uh, I'm working with my colleagues in a bipartisan fashion, 16 of us, eight Republicans, eight Democrats, to try and come up with a bipartisan COVID relief package. Uh, as you indicated, I, I introduced uh, Mr. Buttigieg uh, to be uh, the transportation secretary uh, before the committee. So I'm looking for opportunities to work with this administration. It is going to take some effort, some follow through from President Biden. And um, uh, it's uh, really going to be important in the next couple of weeks to see whether or not this $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package that he put before Congress uh, without consultation with Republicans or Democrats is something that uh, he's willing uh, to pull back from uh, so that we can really uh, work together uh, to the benefit of the nation. January 6th, do, do you have any regrets over the way all of this was handled by Republicans leading up to that day? Is it is it even bigger than that in terms of the way we approach political controversies in this era of outrage and sometimes outright misinformation? Well, I, I, I think there, I think we need to uh, name and shame uh, members of the media who are out there uh, perpetuating, uh, uh, you know, uh, mistruths and, and deceiving uh, individuals. I think uh, the same thing applies to uh, politicians uh, who are out there perpetuating uh, things that are uh, completely uh, false and uh, deceiving their constituents. Uh, I think we, of course, need to emphasize the importance of uh, making sure that there's no violence associated with our political views. Uh, we resolve our disputes peacefully in this country. Uh, we don't uh, march in the streets of Indianapolis and bash in windows or loot uh, stores. And we certainly don't descend on uh, the cathedral of democracy here and ransack uh, the place. So uh, everyone should be held to account. And uh, we need to come together, though. We need to heal. And um, I am glad that President Biden uh, set that tone throughout his campaign. I'm glad he set that tone during his inaugural address. Now he needs follow through. And uh, uh, where a hand is extended and where a reasonable proposal is given, I'm prepared to work uh, with him on behalf of all Hoosiers, just as I worked with President Trump. You mentioned accountability. You voted this week against a move to table discussion of, of whether the impeachment is constitutional. At this point, are you firmly against the idea of convicting the former president, or are you open to that possibility? 
Well, look, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't listen to a lot of the evidence, but I think the views of, of most Hoosiers, uh, a view I, I, I share is, uh, and there's even some Democrats in the U.S. Senate that share this uh, view, is we have a new president, uh, and Donald Trump is now a private citizen. There are avenues to hold accountable private citizens, like our federal court. So in the meantime, we should be spending uh, the vast majority of our time emerging from this pandemic, uh, restoring our economy, and doing things that actually benefit the American people and, and their daily lives. So we really need to move on from this as quickly as possible. Would you support a move to censure the former president instead? I don't even think that uh, that's going to get uh, enough traction. So I haven't seen uh, the resolution, but uh, I think everyone just really wants to move on. Generally speaking, when it comes to your party and its policies, as well as the overall tone and and approach. Where do you want to see the GOP go from here in, in the post-Trump era? Because it seems like there is already a, a split forming in terms of whether to go all in on, on the former president's approach or, or forge something of a different path forward. I'll say this. Um, you cannot keep a party together. You cannot congeal a majority party uh, based on anger and resentment. Uh, uh, instead, it takes uh, empathy and actual resolution uh, of challenges uh, that people are facing. All right, we have more of that interview on our website. Just click on In Focus. On the other side of the aisle, I also spoke this week with Indiana Congressman Andre Carson. Well, I'm very pleased by the bold actions of the new administration. And I have to say, I'm also extremely happy and relieved to once again have a president who really wants to help people, not just himself. I think President Biden had practically no help from the Trump administration during the transition period. Um, but I think despite this, the new administration has hit the ground running, addressing urgent priorities and keeping its promises to Americans. But I'm excited about his COVID relief plan. Um, I think with the Biden-Harris administration, we, uh, the new Senate Democratic majority and our Democratic House, they're driving to, to effectively crush COVID-19 and deliver a very desperately needed economic relief. The goal of 100 million doses in 100 days, it's been slow going, but we're starting to trend toward that number. Is the president's goal ambitious enough? You know, I think, I think America uh, will achieve its goal of vaccinating 100 million Americans in the president's first 100 days, or if not just over the 100 day mark. I think in order to do that, we're gonna to have to ramp up our efforts to get the vaccines where they're most needed and encourage Americans to take the vaccine. Some of your colleagues across the aisle have called the impeachment effort uh, too divisive in a time where the president has called for unity. Some have even gone on the record to say it's unconstitutional. What's your response to all of that? Well, you know, President Trump, he, he effectively incited a very violent insurrection against our democracy. People died, including police officers. It could have been much worse. He stoked up a violent mob to attack the Capitol and basically stop Congress from fulfilling our constitutional duty to count the electoral ballots that have duly elected uh, our president and vice president. And, you know, I, I think the mob violently uh, attacked law enforcement and smash its way into the Capitol. I think that act alone, even calling for the hanging of the vice president and hunting down the speaker and members of Congress, 
including myself, I think that those are chargeable offenses. And, you know, Donald Trump refused to stop this violent mob after pledging to, 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 to march with them. You know, no one is above the law and Donald Trump must be tried and convicted by the Senate to ensure that no future president ever thinks that he or she can do the same thing and get away with it. Congressman Andre Carson, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. What an honor. Thank you. And I'm joined now by Senator Mike Braun. Senator Braun, thanks so much for being with us. This is the first time we've had a, a chance to speak since the events uh, of January 6th. You are among those opposed to the impeachment trial. You were also among those who'd been planning to vote uh, against certifying the results until the violence broke out that day. You then said you'd vote to certify to get this ugly day behind us. Do you have any regrets, though, over the way all of this was handled by Republicans leading up to that day with, with the way the election results were questioned, perhaps leading to some of the anger in that riot that unfolded? You know, Dan, my uh, intention all along uh, never was on record of saying overturning the results or decertifying. It was just acknowledging that in what a crazy year that we had with COVID, and the more I investigated it in many of these places, uh, election commissions and uh, local jurisdictions actually changed the rules and it was done legally. It may not have been done constitutionally. And my interest was, and I wrestled with George Stephanopoulos in early December. Uh, you might have seen Rand Paul do it uh, this past Sunday. Kind of that same point that if it's gotten to where you can't even question something uh, or you have words put in your mouth like you're trying to overturn something. That was never my intention. Uh, that's a state responsibility anyway. And uh, what happened on that day, uh, obviously, was something that no one would have intended to occur. Uh, it was a tragic day in the sense of what did occur. And of course, after that happened, I thought it was pointless to go forward with trying to make that point. So uh, they're always a it's more complicated than what it appears to be on the surface. And I think as part of this country, if you are castigated, demonized for an opinion that might be different from others, at least have a chance to air it out and make sure you get it straight, so. Your predecessor, Senator Joe Donnelly, had this to say about the situation, though. Here's what he had to say. He said, quote, you were part of the team that helped create this entire event. He said, Senator Braun, quote, put his loyalty to Donald Trump ahead of the obligation, ahead of his obligation to the people of Indiana and the Constitution. What's your response to that? You know, I'd say that's actually a mild statement coming from the other side of the aisle. Um, I hearken back to uh, when I ran for office and uh, that started about the day after I won the primary and how vitriolic uh, how much the campaign, uh, at least that they waged against me, and the other side does it as well, vice versa, was based upon lies and distortions. And in this case, uh, like I said earlier, uh, if you want to try to broadly blame everyone for something, especially when that was not my intent in the first place, uh, I don't think you can excuse what did occur, what was fomented, what was encouraged by pushing the envelope on the part of the president. Uh, obviously, he'll have to get that reconciled. He's not in the office anymore. And I don't think that 
helped him in terms of whatever he was trying to accomplish. So uh, I, what Joe said there is what most Democrats have said uh, about anyone that wants to disagree with anything that they might have a point of view on. You've said the president pushed the envelope. Uh, you, you don't stand in favor of uh, convicting him. Would you support a move to censure the president instead? You know, I, I don't think you get two bites at the apple, and uh, Chuck Schumer definitely wants to have a trial. And I think what occurred uh, here just the other day uh, with that vote, which was kind of a technical vote, but that point of order, pretty well laid out where most Republicans are coming from, and many of us are disappointed. Someone like me that comes from the outside uh, never had a lot of similarity with that kind of bravado, uh, carry that Hoosier humility, and a lot of those values we all appreciate at home wasn't necessarily reflected in, in the way things were litigated out of the White House. There was still an agenda that worked for most Hoosiers. That's still in place, and post all the drama that we've had with impeachment, with COVID, we're going to have that stark reality of what lies ahead in terms of policy. And a lot of that, people are getting a little bit of a measure of currently with canceling out the Keystone XL pipeline. Some of the executive orders that the other side said you should never use have been used more than probably any other president out of the gate. We're going to get back quickly I think to that dynamic, which should be on the merits of the case, the issues themselves. Most outspoken Republican on getting engaged on climate. We made a lot of headway there. We can't be a party that just says no to everything. And a lot of that gets lost in what occurred through a most unusual year. All right, Senator Braun also told me he'd likely be voting for transportation nominee Pete Buttigieg next week, but likely would not be voting to confirm the president's HHS nominee. You can see more of that interview on our website. Coming up, we'll talk with our panel about some of this week's headlines in D.C. and at the State House, including a bill that could limit what local health departments are allowed to do. Stick around. We're back right after this. There's a bill being proposed at the State House that could, in some cases, allow local governments to overturn decisions being made by their local health departments. This is not hyperbole. This bill will cost lives. I need you to understand that. This bill will cost lives. I'll repeat that one more time. This bill will cost lives. What do you say to claims that this will cost lives? That's uh, malarkey. It won't cost lives. Uh, just like the same gentleman said that this is a knee-jerk reaction. Knee-jerk reaction, I suggest you go talk to the people that's filed bankruptcy. That's 30% of small businesses have not made it. The bill passed the Senate committee this past week and will head to the full Senate in the coming days. Let's bring in our panel now, UND political science professor Laura Wilson, Importantville's Adam Wren, and Abdul Hakim Shabazz from IndiePolitics.org. Abdul, I'll start with you. Bills like these, certainly a hot topic at the Statehouse in the midst of this pandemic. And now word they may also have to hold a special session later this year. Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, with the, with the pandemic bills, uh, there's been a lot of bent-up frustration uh, in a lot of places in Indiana. This is one way that Hoosiers sort of express their frustration is through their uh, elected officials. Luckily, we have a process in place that sort of mitigates uh, some of these things, like taking away the governor's emergency declaration powers, uh, you know, prohibiting states from, from you know, regulating you know, the size of schools, that sort of thing. So, so luckily, that, that'll take its spot. And also, we've got three months, three and a half months to go before uh, lawmakers end. Uh, with respect to a special session, yes, you're right. Because of the census and the data that won't be available until uh, 
April, I believe it is, and lawmakers leave in April. Um, we're going to have we're going to have a, have to have, probably have, to have a special session, not so much uh, for congressional districts because congressional districts can be drawn uh, with without the without all the data, uh, but to draw state maps and state house districts and state senate districts, then you definitely need to have uh, that census data. And lawmakers may have to come back. Yeah. The, the speaker and the senate president talked about maybe July or early August for that. We'll see what happens, Laura. The big issue everywhere, obviously, the vaccine distribution, and it certainly seems like the first measure by which our new president will be judged. Oh, it will. And uh, we've heard about Johnson & Johnson, right? They may have a vaccine on the market quite soon, although there's questions in terms of whether or not it will, uh, uh, I guess, save against all sorts of strains. But um, he made an incredible statement by saying the 100 million in 100 days. And uh, that's very ambitious. Uh, that's certainly something our country needs, but it's also going to be very difficult to do. And in that distribution challenge, it's really neat to see how every state is handling it a little bit different in terms of who gets the vaccine, who's first and foremost, and, and just the, the challenge from a an actual distribution. Of course, this vaccine has to be kept at very cold temperatures. Um, you have to have, it with the Moderna and Pfizer that are both available on the market right now, you have to have those two vaccine shots within 30 days. Um, so there's a lot of complications. It's a it's an important yeah. policy, but I think one that is very ambitious and will be, of course, this, this key moment in his first 100-day mark. A lot of moving parts there, as you mentioned. Adam, staying in Washington, a lot happening here in the coming days. COVID relief talks. Democrats may go it alone there. You've also got the confirmation vote for Pete Buttigieg and the upcoming impeachment trial. You heard the interviews we did there with Indiana senators. What do you make of how they're positioning themselves in the midst of all that and just weeks after the violence on Capitol Hill? For a long time, Dan, Indiana's congressional de delegation on the Republican side was pretty much in lockstep in the Trump era. And now we're seeing some fissures start to break between uh, Senator Braun and Senator Young on, on issues uh, like cooperating with the administration or working with the administration on bipartisan issues, whether it's confirming Pete Buttigieg for transportation secretary or working on COVID relief talks. So it's really interesting to see Senator Todd Young sort of move to the, to the center, at least the, the right of center, uh, as he prepares to announce his re-election bid. Abdul, your thoughts on that divide in the Republican Party and, and what to do about uh, some in Congress, like uh, Congresswoman Green from Georgia, who's caused a lot of controversy here in recent days. Well, I think it's interesting that Todd Young will be moving, uh, like Adam said, like I said, to the right of center, even though Todd Young is up for re-election in 2022. So you would think that he would be moving further away from the center and Mike Young would, some, would probably you know, be toward the center. But I think uh, this is, like I said, it's a bigger issue that Republicans yeah. are going to have to figure out. You know, they don't have Donald Trump anymore as president, but Donald Trump's presence uh, is still there. They're going to have to make some tough decisions down the road. Uh, as to are they going to be Trumpsters or are they going to be Republicans? And Laura, can, can Democrats and Republicans wor work together in the midst of all this still? Well, you know, Dan, personally, I'm an optimist. So, yes, I think so. <laughs> um, but they also have to, quite frankly. Um, yes, the Democrats control the House and the White House and theoretically the Senate. But but they do have to come, uh, come across sides and join together in the middle. And we'll see that throughout these important policy issues, but most especially with regards to COVID and the vaccine distribution. We often say this, that local government, a lot of the politics is not actually partisan. And that's certainly true in, in this case. We can make it a partisan issue, but we are doing ourselves a disservice if we do that. And for members of Congress, they're going to need to come together and, and really support across the aisle in order to make this as effective okay. as possible for our country. All right. Uh, finally, uh, your winners and losers here for the week. Adam, I'll start with you. Uh, winner is uh, Pete Buttigieg for making it through 
his first committee vote. And uh, I would say losers, Mike Braun, um, for, you know, not fully assessing the results of his own actions and, and what they mean uh, for, for the, the, what happened at the Capitol. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of self-reflection there. Abdul? Uh, winners, uh, obviously, the state of Indiana, uh, as we continue to roll out the vaccine, things slowly begin to come back to normal. And unfortunately, the losers are the city of Indianapolis and the tragic shooting uh, mass yeah. murder that we had uh, this past Sunday with six, six lives lost. Pretty devastating uh, set of circumstances there. Laura, uh, you get the last word here. Okay, I'm not going to have any losers, but I will say for winners, we've actually surpassed the number of Americans who are vaccinated at 26.2 million compared to what we have in terms of the number of Americans who have had COVID in terms of cases. So I think that's a big victory, and that obviously shows there should be light at the end of the tunnel for us. We hope to see those numbers uh, keep ramping up for sure. Laura, Adam, Abdul, thank you all so much. We appreciate it. Stick around. We'll be right back after this. Hi, um. My perspective on all of this is I think we, we did a really good job uh, living in the city in a, in a better place. Uh, you can look at where That's former Indianapolis Mayor Greg Ballard, who recently announced he and his wife are moving to South Carolina. I spoke with him one-on-one -on -one Friday to talk about his time as mayor, the Super Bowl here in Indy, and his reflections on what's happening now in our city and across the country. Being able to serve eight years, and I think we did a pretty good job, and I think we, like I say, I think we left the city in a good place. And uh, able to grow that next generation of leadership was extremely important to me because you always have to do that sort of thing. And, and, and I, um, I'm not severing all my connections at all. I, I expect to be back quite a bit uh, and talking to a lot of folks and trying to keep some influence and if I can help people. You'll see that interview next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, right here on In Focus. Stick around. We're back to wrap things up right after this. All right, thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll have much more ahead on Fox News Sunday and Face the Nation. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus.